Om Namaha. Namaste. This evening on page 339 of the Chandipat, we're going to discuss the Voikriti Kangrahasyam. And it's really a modification of the first secret. So the first secret begins to describe the top row as the causal body, the middle row as the subtle body, and the front row, or the lowest level, as the gross body. So the Rishi said, the goddess who is composed of the three qualities, who is predominant in light, yet differentiated as darkness, etc., is spoken of as the energy that slays with arrows, the energy that tears apart, tears apart thought, the reliever of difficulties, the excellent one, the possessor of wealth. So uh, she, is, uh, she is the Triguna, uh, Tamasi, Satviki, and she's Rajasi. See, she's got Satvatam and Rajas, that was Mahalakshmi. And she is also known as Chandi and Durga and uh, Kali and uh, all the other names, everything. Sarva. She, she who is of the quality of darkness, that's Mahakali, who held the consciousness that pervades all in the mystic sleep of divine union, that's the Das Mahavidya Mahakali. Uh, maybe Adaitya could stand up and point the camera towards the Das Mahavidya Mahakali. Oh, oh, that pervades all in the mystics, the consciousness that pervades all in the mystic sleep of divine union, who is praised by the creative capacity for the purpose of slaying too much and too little. She is called the great remover of darkness. Okay? She has ten faces, ten arms, and ten feet. She has ten faces because she sees in ten directions. She has ten arms because they represent the five karmindriyas and the five ganindriyas, the five organs of action and the five organs of knowledge, and she has ten feet because she dances like crazy. Everything we see is the dance of Mother Nature on the stage of consciousness, and that's why we see Kali standing on the chest of Lord Shiva. Shiva is not the actor. Shiva is the witness of the actions of nature. Act she will and act she must, because that's her nature. Her immense body is dark and shining like collyrium. Her 30 eyes, remember she's got three eyes on each of 10 faces, 30 eyes are all large and of equal proportion. O oh, protector of the earth, her teeth and fangs are shining, making her form frightful, and yet that form is as beautiful as lustrous beauty enhanced by love, for she establishes the great prosperity. The greatest prosperity is the surrender of the ego. She holds in her hand the ego, and in her hand she holds a sword of worship, the arrow of uh, focus, of one-pointed attention, the club of articulation, the spear uh, which uh, 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 focuses attention, the discus of revolving time, 
named excellent intuitive vision, the concha vibrations, the sling or the net of unity, the iron bar of restraint, the bow of determination, and a severed head dripping blood of Swami. This is the energy of the consciousness that pervades all the measurement of the all-pervading consciousness, the incomparably great, da-dum-da-dum, remover of darkness, pleased by worship and meditation, she awards to the aspirant domination over all that moves and moves not. <laughs> and now Mahalakshmi, the great goddess of true wealth came forth, shining from the bodies of all the gods, bearing the three qualities of nature. And she is the actual slayer of the great ego. So we have the Sarvasadya Mahalakshmi, Triguna Parameshwari, in the first, in the Pradhanikam Rahasya, and in the modified Rahasya, we have the great goddess Mahalakshmi, who embodies all the three qualities of nature, and the, she is the actual slayer of the great ego. Her face is light, her arms are blue, and her breast area is extremely white. The middle part of her body is red, the feet are red, and her shanks and thighs are blue. Her hips are beautiful and attractive, and of various hues, varied hues are her garlands, cloth, and ornaments. Unguents are smeared upon her body. She is the form of beauty enhanced by love and reflects all auspiciousness. And even though she has a thousand arms, Yet, she should be worshipped with 18 hands. It's a little hard to make a thousand hands on a deity. Uh, you'd have them sticking up all over the place. They'd get in each other's way. Uh, but she has innumerable hands. In fact, she's the handiest lady to have around. We show her with 18 hands. The weapons she holds are enumerated in order from beginning, in order beginning from the lower right, the Rosary of Alphabets, a Lotus of Peace, an Arrow of, of Attention, a Sword of Worship, Lightning of Illumination, a Club of Articulation, the Discus of Revolving Time, a Trident to the Unity of all the Threes, the Battle Axe of Good Actions, a Conch containing all the vibrations of the universe, a Bell of Continuous Tone, a Net of Unity Energy with which to, uh, to to wield all of these uh, implements, the staff of discipline, the shield of faith, the bow of determination, a drinking vessel through with which she consumes the nectar of pure devotion, and the bowl of renunciation. She is seated on a lotus seat. And she is seated in the seat of peace. O King! Composed of all the gods, she is the ruler of the gods. Do you remember in chapter 2, everybody put forth our lights, all our lights united into one light, the light of radiant splendor, the light grew and grew and grew, and then it took on a female form, and it was wearing a yellow sari with a red border, and she is actually the ruler of all the gods. Who worships this great goddess of true wealth becomes master of all the worlds and of the gods. Mm. 
the actual spirit of all-pervading knowledge has manifested from the body of she who is rays of light. She is the repository of the quality of truth. It is she who slew the manifestation of ego known as self-conceit. So you have Kali giving birth to Mahakali in the middle, giving birth to Mahakali, Dasha Mahavidya Mahakali. You have Mahalakshmi in the middle, giving birth to the 18-armed Mahalakshmi, Mahishashur Mardini. And you have Mahasaraswati in the middle row, giving birth to the 8-armed Mahasaraswati. O king of the earth, in her eight arms she displays the arrow of focus, the pestle of refinement, the pike of concentration, the discus of revolving time, the conch of vibrations, the bell of continuous tone, the plow sowing the seeds of the way of truth to wisdom, the seeds of dharma is what she sows with her plow, and a bow of determination. This is the goddess who slew self-conceit and self-deprecation. Whoever will worship her with devotion will attain all wisdom. <laughs> They'll even understand what they're saying when they read the Chandipat and why they're doing it. And the three episodes of starring Mahakali, Mahalakshmi, Mahasaraswati. O king, the intrinsic nature of these embodiments has been described. Now understand how to continually meditate upon the mother of the universe in these forms. When the great goddess of true wealth is to be worshipped, she should be established in the center with the great remover of darkness to her right and the great spirit of all-pervading knowledge to her left. So, on the right is Mahakali, in the center is Mahalakshmi, on the left side is Mahasaraswati. Directly behind them, the three pairs should be worshipped as follows. The Shining One, Brahma, and Melody Saraswati in the middle. Could you show us those two, please? That's Brahma and Saraswati in the middle, the reliever of suffering and she who is rays of light. That's Rudra and Gauri on, uh, on her right. And on her left, prosperity and the ruler of the senses. That's Vishnu and Lakshmi. In front, the goddesses should be worshipped. In the center, the 18-handed one. On her right, the one with ten faces. And on her left, the eight-handed one. So in the center is Mahalakshmi. On her right is Mahalakali. On her left is Mahasaraswati. Thus, the greatness of the goddess of true wealth is to be worshipped. Mahalakshmi's worship is special. Even though we worship them all, Mahalakshmi, the great goal of all existence, the great laksh, the great objective, the great wealth, she, her worship is special. O king of men, 
when only the 18-handed goddess is worshipped, or only the ten-faced, or only the eight-handed, then, for the removal of all obstacles on the right side, time should be worshipped, and on the left side, death. So, if you do Ekdishta Puja, if you only have room in your mandir for one murti, then you want to worship Kal and Mrityu, or Mahakal, or Mahakali, and Mrityu. Oh, yes, we do. We worship Jam. Yamaya Dan Rajaka, Mritabe Chantakaicha, Poivasputaya Kalaika, Sarabutakshakaicha. We worship Mritu and Mahakal, or Mahakali. And when the eight handed slayer of self conceit is worshipped, that's Mahasaraswati, then her nine energies, Navadurga, should be worshipped. Worship Brahmi, Maheshwari, Komari, Vaishnavi, Varahi, Narsimhi, Aindri, Shivaduti, and Chamundar to be worshipped, along with Rudra and Ganesh. Tatpurushaya Vidmake, Mahadevaya Dimake, Tanda Rudra Prachodoyad, and we bow to Ganesh. And then the hymn of praise that says, Namo Devyaki, Mahadevyaki, Shivayaki, Satatang Maha. Ya Devi Sarvabhuteshu, Matri Rupena Samstita. In the Mapuja, oh, I bow to the goddess should be sung for the great goddess of true wealth. The mantras and songs of praise from the three episodes should be sung for their respective deities. So you sing the chapter one, uh, Brahmastuti for Mahakali. You sing Namastashe, or you sing in Shakradi Stuti from chapter four for Mahalakshmi. You sing Yadevi Sarvabhuteshu for Mahasaraswati for their respective deities. The puja for the great goddess of true wealth, the slayer of the great ego, must be conducted specially because she is the great goddess of true wealth, the great remover of darkness, the spirit of all-pervading knowledge, the controller of all virtues and sins, the lord of all the worlds. So the worship of Mahalakshmi remains special. She embodies all three gunas, all three qualities. Who worships with devotion the great goddess of true wealth, the destroyer of the great ego, that's Mahalakshmi, will become the master of the universe. Therefore, worship the supporter of the universe, she who tears apart thought, bestower of grace to devotees. Now here comes the padhoti. With the offering of various objects that demonstrate respect, argya adi, ornaments, 
scented flowers, whole grains, incense, lights, and various dishes of food, with passionately devoted sacrifices, meat or animalistic nature, spirituous liquors, or the nectar of devotion. O oh, king, the sacrificial offering is of meat and alcohol or, or, or offerings drenched in blood is forbidden to the twice-born knowers of wisdom. Therefore, if you're a twice-born, if you're a knower of wisdom, you don't need to offer meat, you don't need to offer alcohol. Uh, they will worship with bowing down devotedly and offering water for achman, for rinsing the hands and mouth, fragrant sandal paste, a, 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 a chondun, beetle leaves with camphor, mouth-refreshing mints and nuts. With a greatly devoted attitude, one should offer all these to the goddess. Whatever you want to offer, whatever you want to consume, in that same bhavana, you will make worship. You give everything you want to give her, everything you possibly can give to her, you will offer to her with great devotion and bowing down and offer these to the goddess. In front of the goddess, on the left side, one should offer the worship to the severed head of the great ego. Mahishasura Mahabir Who attained complete union with the goddess. Mahishatwam Mahabirka Indradi Deva Maritra Dibyaskratitobapa Gathaswargam Namoastute Go to heaven right now Hey great ego go to heaven Who attained complete union with the goddess and similarly in the front the lion should be worshipped the Lord of Dharma the way of truth to wisdom the ideals of perfection. Vajra Nakandangstrayadaya Mahasingaya Humfatswaha. And the vehicle of the goddess, maintainer of all that moves and moves not. Wise beings will sing songs of praise to the goddess with one pointed attention. And then with folded hands, one should recite the three episodes of the Chandi. <laughs> This is even before you get to the Chandi. <laughs> With folded hands, one should recite the three episodes of the, of the Chandi. If it is possible to recite only one episode, if you're lazy or late for work, then recite only the middle one. One should not recite only the first or only the last of the episodes. I'll be kind. Hmm? <laughs> kind. Yeah, very kind. A little escape route. <laughs> Also, one should not recite only half an episode. That recitation does not bring fruit. After completing the recitation, after completing the recitation, the aspirant should circumambulate the image and bow down and fold his hands on top of his head and then again and again pray for forgiveness for any mistakes committed. Aparada Sahasrani, Kriyantar Hari Shamaya, Datho Yamiti Mangatwa, Shamashwa Padameshwari. Please forgive. For every one of the 700 verses, milk, sesame, ghee should be mixed together and offered as oblations to the sacrificial fire. 
and, and you can mix that together with uh, whole rice or barley or uh, uh, whatever, or we use job till, but whatever is can, uh, appropriate in your circumstance, in your environment. That's the masala with which we will make the offerings of the home. Whatever mantras or songs of praise that are offered to she who tears apart thought should be accompanied by pure oblations to the sacrificial fire, except don't do the kabach or galorki lakstotra. Those three are internal processes. The rest, it's all fair game. Whatever mantra, whatever mantras or songs of praise that are offered to Chandi, she who tears apart thought, should be accompanied by pure oblations to the sacrificial fire, but we don't do the Kavachorgla Kilakstam. After performing the fire ceremony, again worship should be performed in the name of the goddess with a concentrated mind, more puja. Then, controlling the mind and the senses with hands folded, he should bow to the goddess and seating the ruler of all, she who tears apart thought in his heart, he should meditate upon her presence. Thus meditating, he will become full of her. Whoever will always worship the Supreme Sovereign in this way with full devotion will enjoy all the pleasures he contemplates and ultimately attain to complete union with the Goddess. Whoever does not worship the gracious, she who tears apart thought regularly, the Supreme Sovereign burns to ashes all the merits that have been accrued. And it's the same statement as in the Kilak Stab. If you, if for those who constantly recite, it is completely attained. If you don't constantly recite, you lose it. You forget the mantras. Then you gotta start all over again. Hey, take on the push bay. You gotta start memorizing the mantras all over again. Therefore, O King, worship the great Lord of all the worlds according to the system of the scriptures. From this, you will attain the highest happiness. Om. That's true. <laughs> Om. Om. It is true. And I want to tell you that there are a number of expansions and elaborations upon this padoti, this system of worship. Many of them have been collected together into what is called the Durgarchana Padoti, or the Durgarchana Smriti, or the we use the Durgarchana Padoti, the Durgarchana Smriti, and the Purohitarpon, the handbook manual for priests. <laughs> and these all collect all the various mantras th through which all the offerings are made, by which the yantra is constructed, with which the flowers are placed in a certain crumb, in an order, an organization which creates another yantra which point, points to the other yantra which points to this yantra upon which the goddess will sit into our hearts and then we put that goddess in the yantra in the fire and then we make offerings to her wherever we go. 
Wherever we go, we put the yantra. Wherever we put the yantra, we invite the goddess. And wherever the goddess is sitting, there is the center of the universe. So this boy, Kritik Rahashyam, builds on the Pradhanikam Rahashyam. And these two secrets so far construct a, a, the altar and the, the, the krom, the order and organization of worship the padoti, through which we harmonize all the various branches of knowledge that we've been studying. We've been studying the akaran, that's grammar, ucharan, pronunciation, itiha, sahitya, we are studying history and literature, uh, darshan shastra, philosophy, padoti. How do you weave it all together into one tantra? into one weaving tapestry, one warp and woof of the cloth so it all fits together into one padhoti so that we can use it. What's the practical application of this knowledge? It stands right behind me. It is the altar of the cosmic puja. This is the origin of the cosmic puja. Through the centuries, it's been elaborated upon, expand, expounded upon, expanded in many, many dimensions, and then collected into various padotis, which are a crumb, an organization of all the various branches of knowledge that we've been teaching, that we've been studying. Jyotish, when do you do what puja for which deity? And Jyotish isn't really the prophecy, will, when am I, will I will win the lottery? Yeah. <laughs> Jyotish is when do I do what puja for which deity, for what purpose, and what are the, what is the, what are the astrological ramifications of, of performing this puja at this time? What will happen if I do that? What is the most conducive environment in which I can perform that puja. And then we take all of the other branches of our knowledge, all of our Sanskrit studies, all of our uh, asam, pranayam, mudras, kriyas, uh, you know, all that goes together into the yantra of organizing the roadmap. Did I, how did I move my consciousness step by step through the processes of worship so I could give her the best that I could possibly give her? and think about myself the least that I can possibly think about me. And those are the first two secrets, the Pradhani Kangrahasya and the Voikriti Kangrahasya. This Voikriti Kangrahasya is really the origin of the cosmic puja, the Samasthi Upashana. All of this taken together, you can see how the altar is constructed, how the puja padoti is elaborated, it's all defined and enumerated. God bless you. Yeah, I want. Well, I do too, because that's the only way you can bless us is if God blesses you. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Let's see if there are any questions. Yes, Mother. Why Maharajmi has different colors? Could you explain all colors? Yes, all her colors reflect that she is Sattaraja Tamagun. Yeah. She is all of the attitudes of the universe. She is all the forms of creation. She exists within all. 
She is the essence of all, and she is the goal of all. So she has various colors because they reflect all of her various Why natures. Why she has a white color in her chest? White color is because her, 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 she, her heart is filled with sattva. It's, it's filled with truth and true existence. Why the blue? The blue is for Tamil. She is the color of sky and she can't be seen. There's no end to her. Yeah? Yes. And red. She has red and she's bichitra. She's various colors. But she red, white, and blue. And we weren't the first ones to say hooray for the red, white, and blue. Let me tell you, this goes way back a long time. The red is rajas, the white is sattva, the blue is tamas. And therefore, right. she embodies all the three. Triguna Padameshwari. Okay. It makes sense. Please. <laughs> we have a question from Sharanya in Walnut Creek. Namaste, Sharanya. Pranam. The goddess is shown with 18 hands instead of a thousand. Is there a special significance of the number 18? Yes. Yeah. It is the... the there are not specifically 18 attributes that we want to remember. But it was the way that she depicted... Uh, the various forms, uh, uh, the, the thousand arms, the, she has the nine Durgas and the nine Patrikas and you, you, you can go uh, uh, all the way through all the Padotis and figure out how many different combinations of nine and nine she represents. So she represents them all. But there is no specific enumeration, these are the 18 hands, other than the 18 astras, the 18 weapons that she holds in her hands. Mm -hmm. We have a question from Sadhana Shakti in Seattle. Namaste Sadhana Shakti. Pranam, what is the best way to wor worship Mrityu? Death. Uh, you look in the cosmic puja, his mantras are there. Uh, we worship Yamraj. Uh, we, we go to all the places of pilgrimage. We do the tarpan, Kurukshetra, uh, Gaya Ganga, Pravasi, Pushkarani, Cha, Yetirtani, Japunyani, Tarpan, Kali, Babanti, Cha. These are the places of pilgrimage where we will go to perform tarpan, Gurus, Tarpayami. Param gurums tarpayami, paramishti gurums tarpami. Akanda mandala kara. Yeah, it's all written in the, the whole padoti is there in the cosmic puja. Yes, please. We have a related question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika. Namaste. Can you please explain the deeper meaning of worshipping time and death? Is it referring to the death of the ego? Yes. That is just what we're referring to. We are eternal. When the ego, the limited, transient ego, that, that, that uh, uh, he meets his demise at the hands of the Divine Mother, well then we become eternal. So we're not worried about the death of the soul. We're only worried about the death of the ego and its attachments. So, in time, all will be dissolved back into Mahakal or Mahakali. They open her mouth and she, she consumes all creation. Yeah, no one will escape from Kal. So we will worship time and death because we are praying for death. Death of attachment. Death of the ego. And we know that's going to come when 
Kali is gracious to us and puts us into the darkness of Tamaguna, where we are only illuminating wisdom. We have no other agenda, no ulterior motive. Yes, please. If that's the way they're worshipping death, then how is that different from worshipping Shiva? It's not. Oh, okay. Shiva is Mahaka. Mm -hmm. huh. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Namaste Sadatmananda. It says, after performing the fire ceremony, again worship should be performed in the name of the goddess with a concentrated mind. Is that the small set of offerings we do at the end of the Chandi, just like on Sundays? Yes, that's exactly what it is. It doesn't mean you have to worship with uh, a, a, the full, complete cosmic puja, you, but you have to give her something. You have to at least say, here's your car fare, thanks for coming. Here's something, a snack to take with you on the way. Here is a, a, a something to demonstrate the, the, the sincerity of our devotion, our, our sense of privilege because you came to us. You let us sing to you. You let us feed you. And now here we're going to give you, we, we, we made the offerings, we sang the chandi, and here's a plate of food, and here's some car fare. You, we're going to pay the taxi, and here's a a beetle nut you can chew along the way and we're going to give you something to say thanks mom this chapter is very much clear to do worship yes this chapter is very much clear to do worship yes please we have a question from Nanda in San Jose Namaste Nanda Ma Pranam in most temples other than the Mandir where the pair of deities are worshipped like Vishnu, Lakshmi, Shiva, Shakti, etc. Do they prefer to worship the deities in the causal form? Is our mandir special in that we have a representation of all the forms, causal, subtle, and gross? Yes, our mandir is extremely special and it is very rare. Extremely, extremely, extremely. It is extremely, extremely, extremely. We created the mandir jathavidi according to Padoti. It is described in scripture. The puja that we do, the deities that we worship, every mudra, every astra, every nuance of the deities, the altar, and the worship, we can point to chapter and verse. And most other temples don't do that. They stick a murti up there and they say, oh, here's some flowers, murti, thanks a lot for coming. Uh, please give us a blessing. Now, the, most of the pujas are ekdishta. Ekdishta means ekat ishta. There's one desired form. So that's what you're talking about, Lakshmi, Narayan, Radha, Krishna, Mandir, Ram, Darbar. There's one desired form. Uh, ours is samashti upashina, where we sit close to the universe. <laughs> we sit close to the entire pantheon of all the gods and all the goddesses. It is the only puja which it, it, it harmonizes Vaishnava philosophy, Shaiva philosophy, Shakti philosophy, Ganesh philosophy, and the Navagraha. The five forms of Hinduism are all represented. And not just with Shiva, Dipancha, Devatabhyam, Namaha. They are actually independently worshipped. Not only that, in Shakti worship, there is a, a Kali Ling 
and there's Lakshmi-ling, or there's Boishnabling and Shoiva-ling. And what that means is uh, some worship with uh, uh, a preponderance of Shaivite uh, attitude, and some worship with a preponderance of Boishnab attitude. And we worship with all attitudes. <laughs> In every bomb. <laughs> In every bomb. So we can worship Kali, and we can worship, Kali is dark. She may eat meat or wine or bung or whatever. She doesn't have to, but she may. We worship Lakshmi or Saraswati, who will not. They, they won't touch those offerings. She'll get uh, ikurosh. Uh, she, she gets uh, uh, sugarcane juice. Uh, we'll worship Vishnu, Krishna, Rishi, Kesha, Vashu, Deva, Janardana. We worship Vishnu in all his forms. Vishnu will only get some ladus and sweets. And tulsi. And tulsi. We worship Shiva. He'll take the bong and he'll take the booze. And the Bilbapatra. We worship them all and everybody in their own way. Uh, you've seen Srima prepare food for everybody according to the, their di to the diet that they take. She doesn't say, you have to eat the food that I make. She says, I'm going to make the food that you eat. This is the concept of samadhi upashana, of worshiping the entire universe as your own, that I'm not going to tell you what your goal should be. You tell me what your goal is and I'll try and find a way that we can help you reach it. I'm not legislating this is the way you must worship. We are saying, you tell us what you want to accomplish and we'll tell you how that worship, that form of worship can be enhanced and expanded and grown and cultivated. So the concept of walls and barriers in our religious tradition is nil. There are no limits to the infinite expanse of heaven. Yeah. Religion is not to bind us to rules and regulations. It's not to create a special community. We are the chosen people. We are the followers of the one true God. If the, oh, in the Kali Yuga only the name of Ram is right, Krishna is the supreme personality of God. It's all bakwas. It's all nonsense. We worship everyone. We worship God. We worship God in life. The purpose of religious experience is to drop the barriers, to break down all the boundaries, yeah. to make us one with the universe and at home wherever we are. It is not to bind us to a set of rules and principles and, and traditions and I gotta do it this way or else. <laughs> thou shalt not. No, we're saying thou shalt. And you should do it nicely and as best as you can. Whatever it is you're going to do it, do it with love in your heart and devotion and focus and point. one point. Do it for God and it'll be right. 
So we're tearing down the barriers. This is the Samastiopashna. The worship of the entire cosmic creation. And that doesn't limit us to Earth and it doesn't limit us to the Milky Way. It goes as far as the cosmos go. Yes. Great. Yes, please. How come we worship Ganesh at the end of the cosmos? We worship him at the beginning and the end because we worship him when we go in the door. We worship him when we come out of the door. And then we close the door and we put on the we put on the protection again, and we say, okay, now when you go out into the house, you open up the door, don't you? When you go out of the house, you close the door and you lock it, huh? just so the riffraff and the unwanted and the uh, all the despicable people won't come marching in. In the same way, we worship Ganesh when we go in, we worship when we come out. Every time my foot crosses a, a threshold. I would love to do. I would love to do. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Moshami and Siddharth. Namaste, Moshami Siddharth. Pranam. It seems easier to grow devotional feelings by meditating upon the sweet form of the goddess. Her dreadful form brings fear. Should we rather strive for meditating upon her dreadful form to please her more? No, Moshumi. Uh, you, you meditate upon whatever form you, you choose at that time. Your Ishta is God, the Divine Mother. Now, it, sometimes I've got a lot of negativities perplexing me and I say, hey, dreadful form, would you please come and eat all those negativities and make a mundamala, stick out your tongue, let me, let me invoke you to remove the difficulties from me. She's fearful and terrifying only to the bad guys. I called her. I invited her. She's here at my request. She's not fearful to me. I, it, it's, I am devoted to her. I called her. I'm the, I'm the host. I am preparing the feast. She's only terrifying to the negativities. Now, sometimes I'm filled with so much love, an effervescent love, I can't contain it. My cup runneth over. I call her, oh, benign, divine, loving mother, please come and take a sip of nectar from my, my, my vessel. My drinking vessel is full. Please come and drink the nectar of devotion. I am a full cup. I am a full pot. You can call it spirituous liquor. You can call it whatever you want. It's the nectar of eternal bliss. Sometimes. Other times, mom, those assurance are about to get me again. Come and stick out your tongue at them. Scare them. Make them run. Make them flee. Mushumi, you'll worship as you choose according to time, place, and circumstance. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the bhavana, whatever the feeling in your heart, that's the way you'll worship. And whatever from there, it is beautiful. From there it is beauty? Yeah, they're, they're whatever form. They're oh, they're all beautiful. Beauty. They're all beautiful. You'll have a good time. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Srini in Bangalore. Namaste, Srini Baba. 
Is there a tradition of worshipping the image of Surya on the altar? Yes, there is. Yeah, uh, we're going to worship the sun and the nine planets. And uh, in the uh, uh, Shivadi Panchadevatavi on the Maha, we're going to worship the Navagrahavi on the Maha. Uh, we're going to worship Chabakusam, Sankashyam, Kashyapeya, Mahadutim, Tamoring, Sarupapaknam, Pranato, Asbidibakaram, Ring, Ring, Surjaya, Namaha. And we're going to offer him an orgia at the end. Of we do. We, yes, Mama, I do. Yeah, and it's part of our padoti. It's part of our cosmic puja. So there is a tradition to include Surya and Ganesh and all the forms of Vishnu and Shiva and Brahma and my God, we worship them all! Yes, please. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Yes, Sadatmananda, namaste. Could you explain why we internalize the Kavach, Ardhalastotram and Kilikam? Yes. They are in the form of nyasas. Shika modyotini raksidurma bodhivya pastita maladari lalachita brubo raksidya sasri atrinitra chabubavagi yamkanchat nasike nasikang sagandacha udrechat chartika adarecha metakalaji huayamchathalati. It's a kavach. I'm putting it on. I'm putting these goddesses all throughout my body. I'm, I'm going to put them here. Now, in the Orgulostotram, I'm going to say, this is my prayer to you. Rupong Dehi, give me your form. Jayang Dehi, give me victory over this little ego. Yasho Dehi, give us fame and welfare. Give us, make us famous for having been the ones to put on the kabach. Dvishojaki, destroy all enmity, remove all hostility. Get rid of all the anger, the passion, don't let me raise my voice at all. And in the Kilikam, I'm opening the key, I'm taking the key, the, the, the security latch, I'm going to open that door to the secret so I can go inside and see what's there. And what is there, but as he gives, so shall he receive. And this is the form of the pin by which all of this has been bound. And that's why we do not, in the oral tradition, we do not make homa with these three, the kabach, orgel, and kilak, because they are all internal processes. And it, it comes down from guru to disciple, these are not to be used in homa. Yes, please. Yes, please. Do you know of other lineages that practice the cosmic puja? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, there are a very few temples where uh, this is performed. It is performed in Kamakya. It is performed in Vaishnav Devi. It is performed at Maheshwari Mandir in Kedarnath. Uh, those are the ones that come to my mind immediately. But in very few. It's performed in the Chandi Mandir in Haridwar. 
And I'll bet you I can think of a few yeah, others. A lot of Shakti In some Shakti Pitas. Lots of Shakti Pitas. It was performed in Vokreshwar. Shakti in Tripura. In Tripura, yes. I've never been to Tripura. Uh, but it is, uh, uh, it is performed in some temples. Most of the mandirs in India are ekdishta. They have one murti. And then they have another shrine for Ganesh and another one for, uh, 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 for some of the other deities uh, uh, around uh, the sides of the you temple. You think that the Rishikesh Chandi temple? Yes. 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 Yes, please. We have a question from Laura in Vermont. Namaste, Laura in Vermont! Pranam, why do we not worship Kartikeya, Ganesha's brother, on the Cosmic Puja altar? Kartikeya is after the Chandi. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> the mom does. Yeah. So he's not part of this, uh, of this uh, tradition. You can certainly offer to him, and we do, when we're done with the cosmic puja, we go around the mandir and we make offerings to all the other deities, to Ram and Krishna and to uh, Sita and Radha and Santoshima and Ganesh and Ramakrishna and Srima and all the other deities, Hanuman. Uh, these are not really incorporated into the Chandi tradition. Yes, please. We have a question from Vivekananda in Seattle. Namaste, Vivek! Namaste. This is in relation to the Brahmadi Sapibhimochanam, verse 17. Yes. You might, okay. I have always loved Kali immensely, and I have always had an affinity for the Rig Veda, even before I knew anything about it or heard it. I just knew that I loved it, and it was my favorite. Then I read the Brahmadi Sapibhimochanam in verse 17 that they are esoterically linked. I'm not surprised. But could you speak about the hidden relationship between Kali and Rig Veda? Well, here we're discussing um, uh, the intrinsic nature of the Rig Veda would be the Rig Vedotam. This is a specific reference to the Rig Vedotam Devi Shuktam. So here we have the Devi Shuktam, which is the praise of the goddess of unity. Uh, this is the end after chapter 13. Uh, we get uh, 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 no. I'm sorry. I am. I misspoke. Uh, this is this is in reference to the uh, uh, to the Vedo, Rig Vedotam Ratri Shukta, uh, and this is uh, because uh, we have uh, uh, in chapter sixteen uh, she is. Uh, uh, bowing down to, we are bowing down to the Abhedya Kavach, uh, the impenetrable armor. And after the Kavach, Orgo and Kilak, then we do the uh, Ratri Shuktam and uh, Rigveda Swarupinyagi, and that's all it says. So it could be both, either or. But uh, we're, we're talking about. Uh, 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 the Kali, when she takes away the darkness, so that's the end of Ratri. Mm -hmm. Or Kali, when she takes away the darkness, that's the illumination of the light. So in, in both cases, you see the Chandi is a bridge between the Rig Vedic, Rig Vedic, the Ratri Shukta, 
and the Rig Vedoktam Devi Shukta. Ratri Shukta is the praise of the darkness of duality and the sun, the sunrise comes, Usha comes, dawn dawns and the darkness departs. And then comes the Devi Shukta, which is the praise of the goddess of unity. So all the world is in is illuminated with light, and inside there is a pure tamas. That's how you can only see the, the, the light if there's darkness. And that is Jnana Shakti, that's the light of wisdom. And you go completely absorbed within yourself. And that's the goddess everything. of union. I am with everything. One with everything. One with everything in the unity. So here we have both the, the Vedic uh, uh, both the Vedic forms of the Chandi, the goddess of darkness and the goddess of unity. We have a question from Ryan in San Jose. Namaste, Ryan. Namaste. When I sit to do silent internal job, I've noticed that there are at least two different ways I can focus my attention on the mantra. In the first way, my awareness feels connected to the tongue, which seems to move a little bit as I say the words in my mind. The other way is with the awareness connected to the ears, and it's more like hearing myself or someone else saying the mantra. Are the results attained through these two methods different? What is the correct way to do silent job? Ryan, we start from the gross body. Now, there are three forms of pronunciation. The first one is Shabda. It means I'm audibly pronouncing. I can yell across the room so you can hear me. Ma, come. You're far away. I'm going to shout loudly until you come closer and closer and closer and you can hear me. And when I know you can hear me, And you can hear what's in my heart. You can hear the message that my heart wants to say, and that's called pumsh, when only your lips or your tongue moves to say the mantra. No sound comes out. And the third form is called manas. And that's where it's completely silent and there's no movement and there's no sound and there's... But you hear the mantra in your ears. You speak it from your heart. You can feel it vibrating all through your body. I don't think so. If you can feel that, I feel if they do it with the pranayam, that they can feel. Right. But first we start from the outside, from the gross, to the inside with the subtle and then can be completely inside. So first comes Shabda, then comes Pumsh, and then comes Manas. We have a question from Ramya in New York. Namaste Ramya, New York! Hmm. Pranam, if we are doing a Homa to the Agya Chakra while chanting the Chandipat, do we say Swaha? You can if you want. You don't have to. But you can, it's optional, and it depends what else you're doing with it. If you're doing like a samput with it, uh, you, could, uh, uh, you could say swaha, or you're not, not necessary. This is optional. Uh, uh, so you, you only really need to say swaha when you make an offering to the fire, outside. 
If you make a fire offering to the fire inside, it's not necessary to say swaha. Maybe we can feel we are doing homo. We can feel it. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, Parvati, please. You'll have to speak louder. They're trying to hear you in New Jersey and Bangalore. Yes, please. Wasn't that composed by one of the women rishis, Bach? Yes. Ambrini. Ambrini Bach. Ambrini Bach. So how did that get into the chandi? Was it a, was it a part of the original chandi when Martin Vaya wrote this? No, it was prior to the chandi. This was prior to the chandi. Yes, the Vedas, the Rig Veda, was prior to the Markandeya Purana. No, uh, he took the two hymns from the Rig Veda that pertain to the Divine Mother specifically, the Vedoktam Ratri Shukta and the Vedoktam Devi Shukta. The two hymns which uh, came from the Vedas and he said, I'm going to build a bridge of 700 verses between the two, showing the route, the path, the procedure, the process, by which you make the journey from the darkness of duality to the illumination of unity. And that's why he included the two Devi Shuktas, the Ratri Shukta and the, the Devi Shukta in the Chandipa. Yes, please. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika. Namaste. Circumambulating is a ritual of many traditions. Can you speak about what it symbolizes in our tradition? Yes, it symbolizes uh, I, I, you are the center of my universe. I hold you in the center and I walk around you. Just like uh, the, the, all the planets revolve around the sun, you are the nucleus of my life. I revolve around you. Uh, and that's what we're saying in circumambulation. In bowing down, we say, I put the highest part of me at the lowest part of you. And I believe in the laws of gravity. They're going to bring the blessings to flow down. And those blessings will come from the lowest part of you to the highest part of me. Same philosophy. Swamiji? Yes, please. Why is it that the Mahalakshmi on the gross level, on the front level of the altar, is the actual slayer of the great ego? Because we're talking about the gross body. The Chandi is really presided upon, the three episodes of the Chandi is presided upon by the three ladies of the front row. The first episode is presided upon by Mahakali, and she is the one who put too much and too little into balance. The middle episode, Madhima Charitra, is presided over by Mahalakshmi, who is the actual slayer of the great ego, who has in her 18 arms, blah, blah, blah. And in the Uttara Charitra, the last episode, is Mahasaraswati, who is the slayer of self-conceit and self-deprecation. And that's why that's the front row, that's the gross body. We put the, the too much and too little into balance, Cut down the great ego, surrender self-conceit and self-deprecation, and then we leave the lowest rung, we, we, we leave the gross body, and we go to the subtle body, and we see the three gunas, 
And we see the three gunas in harmony and action and everything, every perception is a conception of the three gunas moving in, in nature according to the, their nature. Aim, rain, claim. Cha, mundai, ditch, che. They're moving. That's all we know. And then when we can put those in the harmony, the perfection of harmony of an equilateral triangle, we get exact perfection. There is none, no quality which is demonstrative, no quality which is predominant above the other two. They're all equal. We call it nirgun, the quality of water, perfect balance, perfect equilibrium. Level with me now. And when all the three qualities are in perfect level, we are nirgun or beyond guns or nothing is predominant. We are in the balance, in the perfection of equilibrium. We are in harmony. And we leave the subtle body. We go to the causal body. And we see that Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva are protecting, creating, protecting, and transforming the universe along with their three shaktis. And we know where they came from. They all came from Mahalakshmi. And we put them into balance and we see that they are authors of all the actions of all of creation. And now, what's my job in the creation? I become a pujari. <laughs> my job is to worship. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I just did it. I just took the journey. My job is to worship what's left. I bow to you guys. All I want to do is sing to you and put flowers at your feet. That's my duty, that's my function, that's my highest privilege. What else could I do if I've understood the puja correctly, if I drew the map, if I took the journey, if I put the gross level in balance, the subtle level in balance, I go to the causal body, I see Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva are doing it all, well then you are the car, driver and I'm the car? Just as you drive, just so I'll run. And tell me what's next on my agenda. How can I serve you with the greatest efficiency? What, if I am the tool and you are the craftsman, then what do you want me to do? If I am a screwdriver, do you want to use me as a hammer? Maybe not. I become the worshiper. Yes, please. This is going to be a little hard to get out. So, um, so Ma Mahalakshmi, she's both the she's both she's the Bindu, isn't she? Yes. Okay, and um, when we worship Mahakali, we're we're really primarily looking at Tamaguna. And, okay. Okay, and and Sarasvati is right. So Mahalakshmi, in addition, in um, like she's Trigunati. So in addition to Satvagun, is she also? really representing the, the perfect balance of the three? Absolutely. She is the laksha. She is the goal. She is the true wealth. So when you get beyond the tamas, and when you get beyond the rajas, and you get beyond the sattva, all you see is the triguna parameshwari. Nirguna, Brahma. She is the bindu. And when she is, we unite with her in the bindu, 
Hamsa. She is Sa. I am Ham. So Ham. That I. Purush Prakriti. Chidananda Rupa. Shivoham. Shivoham. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Thank you, Jan. Namaste.